Hi guys, this is Joe from the Power Records podcast here in beautiful Toronto, Canada, home of the record-setting Toronto Raptors. For those of you that love basketball, I'm kind of neutral with the game, I don't mind it, but what a team we have here in Toronto, 15 straight wins, unheard of in Canada for any sports team ever. So congratulations the Toronto Raptors I feel so proud living in a city that has a great sports team like the Toronto Raptors so guys welcome to the podcast welcome everybody that collects vinyl records and sells vinyl records this is an advice type of podcast for those of you that are in the record selling business I try to teach you on what are the ins and outs of selling vinyl records. But also I talk about music as well too because that's a part, a whole part of this whole business. If you love music, if you love vinyl records, this is the podcast for you. The Power Records Podcast. I'm Joe from Toronto, Canada. And I collect and sell vinyl records. I've been doing it up until 2008. And guys, one word for you right now about the vinyl record business, about my vinyl record business busy. Man, have I been busy. I've been getting in requests from all over the world to ship around. I get four or five just come in this morning, another four or five yesterday. It's busy. I set myself up with selling on all these vinyl record sites, and I suggest you do the same thing as well too. Pick the most popular records. Try to get a hold of some nice inventory. Make a deal with some of these vinyl record sellers out there and turn over their vinyl record for a profit that's what it's all about and you know what guys as i talked about before in the previous podcasts don't worry if you can't sell your vinyl record it will sell eventually i guarantee you will sell eventually and if it doesn't sell you could always play it on your record player if you love music why not collect it if you unload it as long as you don't unload something that's dear to your heart for instance i will not sell my queen records never 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 other stuff yeah i may consider it there's a couple gems i won't get rid of but i can always replace those gems there's so many places you can buy a vinyl record now flea markets online brick and mortar stores opening up don't worry about selling it if you could turn it over for a profit then go for it because i'm sure you can and again it's been busy for me the last couple of weeks I hope this really continues. It's been kind of hard to keep up, uh, too, because I got a lot of questions, you know, a lot of offers. Because I sell my vinyl records on eBay. A lot of people offer uh, some ridiculous low price. You know what? All the power to them. They want to make a profit eventually, too. But it's been busy. It just, uh, you know, I think, um, you know, I've been hearing a lot of people buying turntables and starting up record collecting. My brother-in-law is doing the same thing. And he's put out his, on Facebook, he wants to know, you know, what are the best vinyl records to buy because he's collecting vinyl records. Hey, hey, go to my site, man. <laughs> I sell vinyl records on Discogs and Music Stack, eBay, on Amazon. Try to have three or four venues uh, where you're selling vinyl records so that way you're always getting in orders daily, daily. You wake up and an order is there. You have to sell more than one sell hundreds of them on each site i sell about 1200 or so vinyl records on amazon right now and every day i'm getting orders in from them and that's only 1200 can you imagine i have 30,000? boy I'd, I'd have to quit my day job but that's just my advice to you
So on the on the weekend, I saw a documentary on Stiff Baders. Do you guys know who Stiff Baders is? Stiff Baders is the lead singer of the Dead Boys and Lords of the New Church. And he passed about in 1990. He got hit by a car in Paris, France. Um, you know, it's a pretty sad story. I mean, the guy um, was kind of revolting to see on stage. But a really nice guy, um, you know, away from away from the stage, apparently from what he says. And, and you can see this documentary on Amazon Prime. And I just love Amazon Prime. And if you don't have Amazon Prime, get it, guys. I'm suggesting, and I'm not getting paid for any of this. But they've done so much for me for buying records. I buy a lot of records off Amazon Prime, and I get shipped. It gets shipped the next day, and I've forwarded a lot of these records to my customers because they love it. Uh, they love buying new records. A lot of people love buying new records, and they they supply my inventory basically. But not only that, when you sign up with Amazon Prime, I think it's about 120, 140 year of the membership. You get free music, right? You get you know downloadable music, and you get uh, Amazon Video or Amazon TV, where you can get all these shows. And this is where the and they have a lot of music documentaries, biographies, so many of them, more than Prime than um, not, not Prime, but more than um, Netflix does. And, you know, some good, some not. But they had a documentary about Stiff Baders on there, which my daughter and I were watching on Sunday night. Anyway, it's a great story about the Dead Boys. Uh, because, um, And I can relate to it because I saw the Dead Boys a number of times when uh, Stiff was with them in the early days. They From the very first album to the last album, which was basically only two albums long uh we have come to be your children and young loud and snotty and i saw them so many times uh the first time i saw the dead boys were uh they were backing up the ramones at the new york theater here in toronto canada and they had an outstanding show i thought they blew ramones away but i really took particular interest in seeing stiv on stage and the way he moved around and the way he drew in the crowd and um, the way he presented himself. You know, so much different than what I saw in other punk bands. And I grew to like them a lot. And I bought their album, Young, Loud and Snotty. And I thought it was a great album. And I played it over and over again. And then I saw them at different venues at the Horseshoe Tavern here. Um, Crash and Burn, which was a little house converted into a bar. It was a basement house, and at the same time, I saw them. I saw the, the diodes, and Dead Boys were um, uh, were the headliners. Diodes were the were the backup band, and I saw Stiv there uh, and and the Dead Boys playing the show. Afterwards, I had a cast on my arm because I I fractured my arm before I went to see the show. So my cousin and I went down to see the Dead Boys. And we were like right in front, standing in front of the uh, of the band. And at that time, they had two albums out, which was um, "We Have Come from Your Children" was just released, and they were playing all of the songs from there. And I, I approached Stiv and I asked him to sign my cast. <laughs> and unfortunately, he didn't say too much and walked away. Um, 
but then you know that's okay. I mean, they maybe he was scared what, that I approached him, but uh, that's the only time I really met him, and he didn't have too much dialogue with me. But a lot of people were talking to him, and he seemed like a cool guy, right? Uh, but the, uh, if you get a chance, uh, you know, you know a little bit about punk. They were the biggest um, band in the U.S. area when punk came up because Britain had the Sex Pistols and um, the U.S. had the Dead Boys. And the Dead Boys, um, they did a lot of touring. They, they were from Cleveland, Ohio, and uh, Stiff kind of formed the band. And then they were heavily into drugs. Unfortunately, that's what ruined their career. They had, they could have been another Ramon band, I thought, um, you know, in terms of a commercially commercial success. And it seemed to go that way for them. Um, but Stiv uh, made an offer to Cheetah Chrome. Cheetah Chrome was the lead player in the Dead Boys, and, and the offer was to get off the drugs. So that way, you know, the um, managers and you know the record companies would invest in them. And and um, Cheetah Chrome eventually said, "F you, I'm not doing that." And that's when the band broke up. And that's when Stiv went on his own and did uh, another album, uh, which I did buy at that time. I can't remember the name of the album, uh, and I sold it since then, unfortunately. But I saw him when he went on a solo career as well, too. And it was more like popish type of uh, music, which was pretty cool, too. He did Dead Boy stuff there as well, too. Um, and he toured quite a bit then, too. And then he joined up with the Lords of the New Church, which was a, a new wave band, uh, pretty popular in the 80s. And they were together about 10 years. Um, and they put out quite a few hits. I didn't follow them that much. I wasn't really into their music that much. But I still followed Stiv. I know I knew he was around, and he, he was still he was becoming pretty popular. And they became popular on MTV. And you'll see this when you see the documentary on um, on Amazon, and you could follow the whole career. He had quite a big career, you know. And he was, um, you know, he was pretty big on jumping on top of cars while they were moving, <laughs> and you'll see that in the documentary as well too, uh, and Jimmy Zero, uh, who was the guitar player, uh, and the other guitar player in the Dead Boys, talks about his his life, anyways, when you get a chance, see it, I, and um, even if you're not a big fan of the Dead Boys, um, have a look at it, it's a great documentary, and um, uh, they put out good music, I will say that I loved the music, it was fast, it was hard, and I wish they were around today. And they still did play after Stiv passed. They had a couple of reunion tours. But, you know, it's the same thing with Missing a Lead Singer. It's not the same. They did reform. The Dead Boys did reform and do a tour. And, unfortunately, I missed it. Uh, but, again, with a different singer, it's not the same. I don't think it lasted too long. And they did come out with another album. And it, I, didn't, I didn't hear it or anything like that. But it's not the same without the original singer. So, um that's my take on the Stiff Bader show. <laughs> so guys, um, if you um, have a record business uh, that you want me to promote on this, this show, give me a shout. Uh, we are on Facebook, by the way, guys. We are on Facebook at Facebook One, uh, Power Records Facebook One. Uh, you'll see us there. Uh, type in Power Records and you'll see us. And that's where you'll see all our podcasts on there and different news items about what's happening in the music world. 
And then there's a little button that says send email. You can click that. And if you want to be on the show or if you have any uh, advice you want to give me about the show or if you want to advertise your brick and mortar store or your online store, give me a shout. I'd love to do that for you for free. And um, that would be awesome as well. It, you know what, guys? Even if you have a rock band and you want me to talk about your band on this show or you have a, a record, a vinyl record that you want me to promote, I'd be more than happy to do that as well too. All right, guys. That's my show for today. Again, the Power Record Podcast. Keep collecting those vinyl records and we'll talk to you soon. Over and out now. Hi guys, this is Joe from the Pyro Records podcast here in beautiful Toronto, Canada. And welcome everybody. This show is a podcast about vinyl records, how to sell and collect vinyl records as a business. And I hope that you listen in every so often. I do try to have this podcast once or twice a week or whenever I get information, juicy information for you that I could pass on to you. It's been a pretty busy time right now. It's winter. It's February right now, 2020. It's very cold. A lot of people are staying inside. Today's going to be a cold day here in Toronto. It's going to be, we're going to hit a, the coldest day of the year. But you know what? Um, I remember 10, 15 years ago, it used to be always cold in January and February. <laughs> so right now, uh, I, there's nothing really to complain about. But a lot of people stay inside and they listen to vinyl records and they buy vinyl records this time of year don't they because it is um, the time to do so right they you know they're in their house they're hibernating from the weather so they send they they send a lot of requests in for me to you know to send these vinyl records to them because it's the time for them to sit down and and you know take their time and listen to uh, to their the, their favorite vinyl uh, so if you're in the business, you're probably noticing a little spike. At least I am. Um, every day there's new, new orders coming in because people are indoors. And then in the summertime cubs, they put their speakers outside and listen to their vinyl on the outside. So guys, the vinyl record shows called the Vibration Record Shows are all around Ontario. If you live in Ontario, Canada... Uh, you type in Vibrations Record Show and you'll see them listed. There's one this weekend in St. Catharines and um, it's the um, uh, vinyl record show. It's at the Holiday Inn, I believe. I'm just trying to look that up. I believe that's where it is in St. Catharines, Ontario. So, guys, I would advise you to go to a couple of these shows. Number one, because you can buy your stacks of records there dirt cheap. Um, 50% from buying from brick and mortar stores and online stores. Uh, if you're building up your inventory, whether it's you want to sell uh, on um, online or a brick and building up a brick and mortar store, that's the place to get your inventory from. Um, a good percentage, probably 30 to 40% of my records that I have in inventory right now are from the Vibration Record Shows. So have a look. Type it in Google, Vibration Record Shows, if you live in Ontario. Maybe you're visiting here from another country like the USA or Europe. 
uh, have a look at the, those shows. There's usually one almost every weekend. My daughter and I will be there uh, at the show. We won't be setting up any booth. I probably could if I wanted to. I don't want at this point. I don't think number one that I that I would like to unload my records at those shows so dirt cheap. I'd rather sell them online right now. Uh, eventually, I might if I have enough. You know, you gotta have a, a good chunk of records to unload to uh, sell at these events. Um, so, uh, for right now, I'm not gonna do that. But I'm there with my daughter. You'll probably see me in my brown leather jacket and my nice-looking daughter, who is about 17 years old, looking at all the records that they have there. And uh, stop by and say hello. <laughs> stop by and say hello. And just tell them that you listen. Tell me that you listen to the Power Records podcast. That would make me feel so good. <laughs> uh, so, guys, if you want to find us, we are on Facebook. Yes, we are on Facebook at Power Records One on Facebook. You know, all those old people that are on Facebook. Apparently, it's just old people on Facebook now. I guess that's why maybe the stock has gone down because everybody's all the younger people are on Instagram. Maybe I should go on Instagram, but. Right now, it's Facebook, and uh, we're on Power Records 1 at uh, Facebook, and you'll see all our podcasts there and uh, news items about vinyl records. So have a look at us over there at the the Facebook page. Uh, Now, we do have um, also sites that we sell on. Power Records is on Discogs. Discogs is a fantastic place to sell vinyl records. And if you look us up there, we are at Power Records at Discogs. Look at us up in the marketplace. We have probably about 500 good quality records that we have there. But our big site is on Music Stack. Music Stack, where we have about 45,000 records, singles, LPs, low, low, maybe mostly vinyl, a little bit of cassettes, but mostly vinyl of. Um, uh, small singles and LPs. So look at us up there at the Music Stack site. So guys, I want to talk about shipping today. Shipping your records and how to ship them and what you do when you ship your LP. Um, number one, never, ever, ever ship the LP with two pieces of cardboard in between your record is sitting in between two pieces of cardboard with a little bit of foam no 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 you don't do that because you're shipping vinyl okay and if you're shipping older vinyl pre 180 gram vinyl your records will break I guarantee you if you don't ship them the right way if you don't put the uh, record into a record mailer you will have the record warp and you could have the cover damage and uh, vinyl records are like sending uh, glass in the mail you know very delicate people want them in excellent shape or otherwise they won't play properly and you don't want that covered scratched or scuffed because that is a lot of people value that as an art piece so you got to use what we call the vinyl LP shippers. You can buy them anywhere. Be very cautious of the price of these. You can pay anywhere from $1.50 to $2 if you're not careful. Don't spend more than a buck on them. And there's lots of places. Just type in vinyl LP mailers on Google 
and uh, you'll see a whole bunch of different options. I usually buy them in bulk of 100, so I usually spend like 100, $110 on it at the most, and I got my supply for a couple months. Uh, so usually uh, ship them in a, a vinyl mailer. Make sure, now, now some of my suppliers send the record outside, uh, ship the record I should say, outside of the vinyl cover. Uh, because uh, there's a theory out there, and and they secure the the record somehow to a um, outside cardboard mailer, so that it doesn't rattle around inside the uh, cover. And it's a good point. I don't do that. I haven't had any complaints where I ship the record inside the cover and um, pack it with foam, lots of foam. Uh, so you can do it either way. Some some of my um, customers have requested that they sh- they they uh, ship that I, they get the record shipped to with the vinyl outside, and then I do that. But if they don't request it, I go ahead and send it with the vinyl inside the cover. So and then as I said, you know, pack it well, pack it so it doesn't move around with foam. Foam was the best thing to use, but people, you know, you can stuff it with paper and. Um, but I wouldn't go any further than that. You know, I wouldn't, I, I would keep it solid. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, usually when you, when you put the record in the vinyl LP uh, mailer, you might hear it rattling around. If you do, take it out again and pack it tight because if it's rattling around in there, you think it's secure, you're, that vinyl is going to shake inside of the sleeve and it's going to scuff. Many, many times at the beginning of my journey, selling records I got feedback that the record was scuffed and I said no way damn it no way when I shipped it it was in near mint condition how could you get it like that but then when you figure it's through shipment especially (coughs) excuse me especially if you're shipping to Russia and I do set my records to Russia it's a long way and you got to make sure that doesn't record doesn't move around I, I just sent a a record naked eyes to somebody in Russia and it, they got it beautifully. They were so happy because I packed it so tight. And it's not going to cost you a lot more money to uh, uh, pack it tight. Uh, you know, records don't weigh a lot. They weigh half a pound or so and it's not going to cost you too much. So put in that stuffing when you can. It's available. You can get it anywhere. You can get stuffing from, there's places that sell that. You can buy it online uh, or you can save it through items that you buy. The little you know, when you buy items, you know, usually your wife or your partner has it sitting around. You can save it and put it in your basement and use it when you ship your records. Lately, I've been creating my own labels. Uh, usually what I used to do in the old days, I used to copy it onto a uh, 4x4 piece of paper and write down the address. Now I make my own shipping labels. eBay has a system on there where... Uh, you can print labels from the eBay site. Now, this site sucks, in my opinion. I've tried it a few times. I forget the name of it. Ronco, Ronco, or whatever. I forget. If you know what it is, email me. But they have a site where you print your label from eBay and uh, you, you make your own labels. But that site, half the time, doesn't work. I use Snap Mailing System on, on Canada Post. It's really cool. I've done about 140 of them so far. And it prints out the label with the barcode. Everything scans, and you put it into. You just drop it off at the post office, uh, and that's usually the best way 
for me. And I ship everything, everything expedited. Why is that? Number one, it doesn't stay in the mailing system that long. Within a day, the customer gets it to their door. Um, and it avoids a double handling. Uh, so you pay uh, a little bit extra, uh, but in the long run, the customer is happy because they, the, they get it almost the next day. And why is that? Why do you want your customer to get it the next day? Not only it avoids a double handling, but you're competing against Amazon. Amazon Prime ships the next day. So at least you can compete against them when you ship expedited the next day. If you don't, they're always gonna revert to Amazon. You gotta, you gotta find a way to compete with Amazon, and that's the way to do it, is ship it, pay the 11, $14, whatever it is, uh, and it's worth it. You get tracking as well too. If you can't track your item, you're toast, guys, I'm telling you right now. If a customer complains and say they haven't got their item, all you gotta do is send them a tracking number and you're done. If you don't send it with a tracking number, you have no proof that you sent it out. This way, you have proof you sent it out and you put it back into their ballpark. Uh, now, you may have to still pay for damages or um, if they didn't get the item, yeah, it could still happen, guys. But you need a backing up system, like a tracking system. This is the, why, this is the reason why you need to send your items expedited all the time, right? Uh, don't, don't go for something that is going to be at a cheaper rate because you're going to, you're going to have one customer, even though, and they are out there, claim that they didn't get that when they did get it and you still got to pay them back. I've had that happen to me so many times in the past and I learned my lesson with that. So that's a word of advice there. So guys, make sure that you, you know, what I usually do is have my shipping, uh, once a week, you know, I, I, every Tuesday or every Wednesday, I, I build up my packages and I ship them all at once uh, so you don't go back and forth to the post office. Now, you can have the post office pick up the item from your house, but you got to pay like three bucks per package. And why do that? Uh, I usually, you know, I tell my customers that it's a once a week ship out every Tuesday or every Saturday if I get uh, more than my share of packages. But usually set your site once or twice a week to ship out. That way, you don't have to worry about going back and forth uh, every day to the post office to drop off items. Um, so the other thing to mention too, that is when you are packaging your items, if you have more than one LP in there, uh, you can fit up into a record mailer, you can fit up to about four LPs, right? If you're doing, if you if you have more than four LPs, which is rare, then you need to double up your your packages into um, two of the record mailers, but usually one, you know, they say in the record mailers, you can only fit three, but many, many times I fit four of them into a record ma mailer. There's no reason why you can't, pit, you can't put four inside that record mailer when you're sending it out. So don't worry about that. Uh, now, there are other, there's other types of record mailers. If you're sending out singles, yes, you still got to buy a record mailer. Uh, there are single one, ones for singles, there are for cassettes. Again, don't take the chance in using two pieces of cardboard because it's only a single that you're sending out. You got to buy a proper record mailer for singles, LPs, cassettes, CDs, <coughs> whatever, you, whatever you're sending out. It's got to be the right package. Don't try to go to cheap. If you go to cheap, 
they're going to nail you on it and you're going to get bad feedback especially with with using i um with using stuff around the house that really um it doesn't look professional so that's why use a record mailer print out your labels it, it makes it look more professional and it's coming from um, a legit supplier like yourself guys if you're interested on in being on the show i wouldn't mind having you on the show i've interviewed one or two guys <laughs> now one of the interviews i did and um unfortunately it didn't work out um them i didn't have my i had my mic on too loud and i had to redo it and uh i i kind of regret it at this time that i didn't have the person back on the show but i didn't do one interview so far but if you want to be on the show maybe you have a business um uh that you like to promote here on the show i'd like to have you on here and interview you and i use anchor podcasting to do so and maybe you have a brick and mortar vinyl store and you know what there's a lot of them around ontario right now this is the reason why i like going to the small towns around ontario because they seem to be popping up there because a lot of people don't have access to vinyl records uh, my brother-in-law who's moved to north bay which is about four hours north is a smaller town they don't have a vinyl record store there at least not that i know of and he has to get his items through mail order um so but a lot of these small brick and mortar stores are opening up in these towns which is pretty cool uh so if you have a brick and mortar store that you want to promote on a show even better if you have a band uh a rock and roll band maybe that um that you want me to say a few blurbs about absolutely i'd love to have you on the show as well too to talk about your band or maybe a vinyl record that you have that you want me to promote that would be pretty cool as well too so guys where to collect your vinyl records as i said to you uh, the go to the vinyl vibrations record show this weekend or any weekend look it up in your area and that's the best place to get records second to that would be flea markets uh brick and mortar stores when you know they have uh, promotions like record store day is a good time to get it other than that boy i don't know like the, you're paying a pretty big chunk of money when you buy from brick and mortar and of course online like if you were to buy records online uh keep in mind buy them in bulk it's a lot cheaper because uh, postal rates now have gone through the roof uh why buy one record buy four of them that you can collect instead of one uh and you're you'll have cheaper postal rates that way it makes more sense to do so so guys that's my advice for today um you know i hope that you're in this this business is an easy business to be in it's easy to list it's easy to ship uh it's fun uh, as i said in my previous podcasts if you don't sell your records you could always listen to them isn't that a great business to be in vinyl record business give it a try again this is joe from the power records podcast it's a pleasure to be with you here today again over and out talk to you soon and keep collecting those vinyl records bye now